Hi, and welcome to the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. I'm Reverend Jacob Hero Shaw, Senior Pastor of MCC Tampa. In this podcast, you'll hear the readings and sermon from this week's service. If you'd like to view the entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. The link to that can be found in the program notes. Thanks. Good morning. My name is Nadine Lima, and today's first scripture reading is from Psalms 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make your face to shine upon us, Selah, that your own way may be known upon earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere God. Good morning, I'm Alan Hiroshaw, and today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offence when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that the Creator has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, Both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from the region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord Son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. 
Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Will you pray with me, please? Thank you, God, for your presence among us. Help us, God, to continue to feel connected to one another. Help us, God, to feel connected to you and your wisdom. Amen. So in the gospel message that we heard this morning, uh, we heard a lot. We heard about Jesus and purity and cleanliness. And we heard one little message that might be kind of complicated to hear today, where it might have sounded like Jesus was saying, we don't need to wash our hands. So first of all, let me just say that it's important to wash our hands. Washing your hands is always important, but especially right now, we should wash our hands. And this passage shows us some examples of how we don't take the scripture completely literally at all times. Because Jesus isn't saying, don't wash your hands. He's not saying it's wrong to wash your hands. He's talking about what makes us ritually impure. So purity, or righteousness, religious faithfulness, says Jesus, is not about worshiping tradition in an uncritical way. He says these words. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Jesus refused to worship just tradition, to label what is holy and what's unholy as a way to exclude others. He's critiquing the Pharisees, pointing out the hypocrisy among some religious leaders. The Pharisees were focused on what is right in the eyes of God and what is wrong in the eyes of God, what is clean and unclean. Now, Jesus cared about these things as well. But he differs from the Pharisees. And when it was pointed out to him that he had maybe offended the Pharisees, he wasn't particularly concerned about how they felt about what he said. Both Jesus and the Pharisees are guided by Torah. But Jesus understands Torah in a different lens than these particular religious leaders. His is through the lens of forgiveness and love. So what defiles has more to do with the heart than it does with particular rituals around cleanliness. And this is complicated because what we hear Jesus talk about are things that harm people. We hear Jesus talking about adultery. We hear Jesus talking about sexual sin. We hear Jesus talking about these things that harm people and yet... We know today that just like when Jesus was calling out the Pharisees for an interpretation that was not loving or kind, today we have purity culture that is not loving or kind and takes a passage like this one and says, these people, whatever category it is, most of us have been thrown into a few of those categories at some point, do not belong with God. Haven't we all been told 
at some point in our lives that who we are is not pleasing to God, that somehow we are impure. And this is the toxicity of purity culture. Purity culture is the thing that teaches us that our bodies are wrong, that our desires are bad. Purity culture is particularly harmful to girls and women who are taught from a very young age that their bodies are impure. So many people are taught that they are fundamentally flawed and unlovable. This idea of purity distracts from the message of hospitality. It distracts from the message of love. It distracts from the message of Jesus. So what prevents full, radical, loving inclusion in the church, in culture, in society? What forces us to draw lines? Lines that say some people belong in the inner circle and some people are forever cast away. And when we talk about hospitality, this isn't some like anything goes, it's okay, let's just pretend to get along. This is something much deeper than that. Hospitality is about creating welcome. And creating welcome isn't just saying, yeah, you're allowed inside. Creating welcome is the invitation to be part of a community. And when we invite people into our community, we expect that who we are, when we radiate, Christ's love will change them. And we also are open to the ways that their experience of Christ's love will change us. And when we talk about community, we talk about calling people in to community when there are challenges, when there are frustrations, when we might want to call people out. And sometimes calling out is very important. Sometimes when we see injustice, the only option is to call someone out. And there are times when we call people out when really we could be calling them in. Because what we know is that calling someone in invites transformation. It doesn't close the door. Now, don't hear me wrongly here, because sometimes we must close the door. Sometimes injustice is so great that there is no option but to protect ourselves, protect our hearts. But let's hold on to the hope of transformation. When we hear Jesus talking about exclusion and criticizing those who seek out ways to exclude, what do we hear? Now, they're trying to trick him into saying something about eating with dirty hands, and he points out that what goes into the mouth just ends up in the sewer. We aren't made ritually unclean by skipping washing our hands. But remember, wash your hands. Anyway, it's a tough one. Because... What we know here is that Jesus isn't talking about physical health. He's talking about the ways in which people are excluded. So these folks who didn't know or didn't have the same rituals or didn't have the same way of being are being pointed at and said they don't belong here. And Jesus has criticized the walls built out of holiness. Jesus has criticized what has been constructed to help keep people out. And Jesus embodies this teaching, this this teaching of inclusivity by not just staying where he is, but by going out, traveling, 
going to these places that are seen as unclean. The areas like Tyre, where there are more of a pagan population, and stepping outside of the, we've always done it this way. Now, churches, churches are great at, we've always done it this way. Why is it this way? We've always done it this way. Why are we doing X, Y, or Z? Well, we've always done it this way. If there are a few blessings in this strange season of our lives, it's that all of the, we've always done it this ways, have been taken away, and we're trying to find a new way. So Jesus is peripatetic. He's a a walking person who is going out and teaching among the pagans, the Gentiles. And he models for us what it means to step out in faith and meet a need instead of hiding behind tradition and rules. Because sometimes our faith and our traditions can be something that we build just to avoid discomfort instead of something that we lift up in order to be transformed. So keep this in mind. When we step out in faith, this allows us to meet the needs of others. Remember that in faith, we can trust in God, even in places of extreme discomfort. And I say this because if you grew up in a more more, uh, traditional church or a more conservative church, and if you grew up surrounded by this purity culture that tells you that you are not ever allowed to question anything, this is about to get uncomfortable. We know that in faith, we can handle the uncomfortable. So what comes next? He's just said these amazing things about radical hospitality, and then he's walking along, and this woman cries out that she needs help, her daughter needs help, and Jesus ignores her. The disciples kind of tell him, like, you got to do something, not because she needs help, but because she's kind of annoying to them, and he calls her a dog. Now let me tell you, just like we have a word for dog in our language that is incredibly demeaning to women, this word that he used also was incredibly demeaning. Jesus was not having his brightest and most shining moment. He wasn't there for her. In fact, he hurts her. Jesus uses harmful language. Jesus uses language that actually could be interpreted in uh, today's view as racist. Because this language of dog calling her unclean because she was different from him. Because of where she was from and what she looked like and how she sounded when she spoke. And here's the part that's especially hard for people to accept. When Jesus challenged her and dismissed her, when Jesus was harmful to her, Jesus was called in to be transformed. And the the hardest thing for a lot of us to understand is that Jesus changed. This woman refuses to even allow Jesus. Even Jesus cannot be allowed to be dissuaded by tradition. Even Jesus cannot hold on to these things that build up walls. And she had no way of knowing that he had just told these dudes that he hangs out with that they can't build up these walls to to keep people out. She wouldn't have known that. And yet here we are. She is encountering Jesus and showing him the meaning of what he has already taught. And Jesus isn't happy. He needs convincing. 
Jesus, our Savior, shows us that sometimes we make mistakes. And he shows us what to do when we make mistakes. As some commentators today will say, Jesus was caught with his compassion down. Jesus was caught in a moment of of not reflecting compassion. We don't know what all Jesus was carrying. We don't know how tired he might have felt. We don't know if maybe he just didn't feel well. We don't know how long he'd been walking that day. But what we do know is that Jesus changed. Jesus experienced something. Jesus experienced this on his own and challenges us to experience it too. So here's the thing about Jesus that is so complicated for so many of us. We can accept that Jesus wept. We can accept a theology that says that Jesus came here to experience all of humanity. That Jesus came to experience our pain and that Jesus understands our pain because he lived it. We can hear the stories and read the stories about Christ, about him going to the cross, about his suffering, his physical pain that was so deep that on the cross he sweated out blood. And we can believe all of that. And when we experience pain in our lives, we can know that our Savior has been there and knows what pain feels like, knows what grief feels like. So why is it so hard for us to contemplate as we need to grow emotionally that even Jesus understands what that feels like? That even Jesus can understand what it is like to say something and suddenly know that you can't take it back. How many times have you said the wrong thing? How many times have you hurt someone? How does it feel to know that even Jesus has messed it up? Even Jesus has said harmful words. And if Jesus can be transformed and changed, if Jesus can have this example for us, wow, what can you do? What can you do with your mistakes? What can you do with those times that you were insensitive? What can you do with those jokes that you told that later you found out were totally racist? But you told them because laughing felt fun in the moment. What can you do with those things that you might have said that were sexist or hurtful or anti-Semitic or whatever else? Suddenly, you're not a bad person. You're a person who said some things that were harmful. You're a person who's a lot like Jesus. Because like Jesus, all of us who have made mistakes can learn and grow and look at this. Look at this example that we have. Look at this example that we have of no longer hiding behind tradition, no longer saying that that we cannot learn or we cannot change. Jesus modeled for us what learning and changing and growing looks like. And that is what radical hospitality is. That is what Jesus lived for. That is what he came here for. Because I'm not perfect. Because we are not perfect. And we have this amazing example of what to do. And I know that so many of us were taught growing up that we can't ever question, or, or maybe this passage meant something completely different, or maybe the whole thing was a big test just to see what this woman would do. My friends, 
Let me tell you that scholars do not think that that is the interpretation. It's that if we believe he came here and he was a human being, then he had all of these things that us human beings have, including impatience and prejudice and judgment. But what happened when he saw the ways that words can harm? He recognized her faith. He realized real faith. Real faith looks like no matter what people tell you about you not belonging here, being persistent. How many different walls have we built up? What happens if we can't hide behind tradition? I think about Troy Perry talking about the closet and saying the closet is gone. I burned it down. We can't hide in our closets. We can't hide behind tradition. We can't hide behind, well, I just feel that way because that's how I was brought up. Now is the time for us to experience transformation. And whether it is that we are calling someone else into dialogue with us so that we can talk about what they're posting on Facebook, what they're saying, the words that they have that are harmful, or whether it is that we are opening our hearts like Jesus opened his heart. When someone says, I deserve this. I deserve more than the crumbs that fall from the table. And we are transformed. We seek atonement. We seek wholeness. How do we respond when someone says, your words harmed me? Not defensiveness, not anger, not that wasn't racist, I didn't mean it that way. That wasn't sexist, I didn't mean it that way. You don't understand. How about instead you say thank you? How about instead when someone calls me into conversation, I say thank you. God, look at all these amazing opportunities that God gives us to learn and grow, to be transformed. Beloved family, in this bizarre season of our lives, we have opportunities for transformation in new ways. We have opportunities to grow and to learn. The world is crying out for us to be more compassionate, crying out for us to be more hospitable, crying out for us to be changed in who we are, and we are rising to that occasion. Will you be transformed with me? Amen. Beloved family, as you go into your week, remember to love each other and that sometimes loving each other looks like wearing a mask, washing our hands, having enough distance physically, so that we can keep one another safe, and so that we can be back in this place all together, hopefully soon. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. If you'd like to view our entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. Today's program was edited, directed, and produced by my wonderful husband, Alan Hiroshaw.